Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Hi, Nick. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Great to have you on. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation about anxiety and helping the listeners to, you know, to see the misunderstanding about anxiety. So, you know, you know, I really wanted to have you on to talk about that because that's your area of expertise, you know, where you're most known for talking about. So I'd love to hear like from you, um, as the podcast is called misunderstandings of the mind, you know, like this, mm. or it's certainly for me or what I see from a lot of other people and what I speak to is like, there looks to be like a real misunderstanding of anxiety, you know, and what yeah. it is and, and how to cope with it. And, and, and particularly about like common misconceptions that people teach tricks or tips and how to cope with it, you know, like, and like managing anxiety rather than really seeing, you know, what it's about and how it's created, I guess, for people. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what you just said there is, 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 what I see is one of the key misunderstandings right through so my own journey like I don't just teach and share with people about this like this was my day-to-day experience for like 20 years was was living in anxiety and panic attacks and claustrophobia and agoraphobia and um, you know if anyone's listening to this podcast and that is their experience and that's why they've been drawn to this particular episode like I to- first of all, I totally get how you feel, right? So I, I know, been there, walked in your shoes. And what, one, what you just said there, I think, about one of the biggest misunderstandings is that traditionally in the mental health sector, if you go to your doctor and, and explain your symptoms of anxiety, and you may or may not know it's anxiety, but the, if the doctor turns around to you and says, yes, you've got anxiety, that's a problem, we need to fix it. And right there from the get-go, we have this label, this understanding that somehow we're broken. And that's kind of one of the fears that we have, like I'm broken, there's something going wrong with me. The doctor says, yes, this is a problem. Now we need to fix it. This thing that's broken in you, we need to fix it. It's fixable, but we need to do some work to fix it. And if you do the right strategies and you, or you take the right medication or you do the right practices or you find the right help, then hopefully if you can get through that and you can, you can do what you need to do, the other side of that, then you'll be mended again. And so we walk around, I walked around for 20 years with the mental health professionals with the absolute best of intentions saying, don't worry, it's okay, we can fix you. And, and so then I knew that I had to do something. I had to get on the case. I had to I had to find what the thing was that was going to fix the broken bit of me. And so that, that began my 20 years of CBT, of tapping, of NLP, of timeline therapy, of medication, of outpatient treatment, of, of just about anything you could, yoga, meditation, square breathing, like any and everything to try and 
fix the problem and have it be gone. And the misunderstanding, I think, what I came to realize when I bumped into this conversation that you and I are, you know, that, that you share and that you share with your clients and you share on this podcast and I do with my clients is, is that we have an innate mental health. We're always sitting in the middle of it, but sometimes we forget that. And that mental health isn't something that we have to go and create and find and, and attain. That's it. It was like, felt like something you had to attain or achieve or accomplish. It's when we stop trying to fix this, and this is going to sound controversial, but imaginary problem, and I'll come back to why I'm using that. Hmm. When we stop trying to fix this problem, what we find is we fall back into the innate mental health that never went anywhere. And that, is such a fundamental difference in an approach to this thing called, that we call anxiety that I had never bumped into in all the years of trying to sort myself out and in all the years of doing personal development in my two psychology degrees, nobody ever told me that my mental health had never left me. Wow. That's so powerful, isn't it? Because it's like, I think in all those things that you talked about, you know, like going to the doctors, going to all those different people trying to get help. No one, none of those people ever say to you that you're perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's like, like you said, they're all trying to um, identify you as broken, telling you need to come back for more sessions, telling you you need to take pills or you need to do this or try breathing or try meditating or something. You know, it's like, it's such a different approach to what, to what people are used to, I guess. Yeah, but even with, I remember the psychiatrist I had as an outpatient at the Priory, and he was such a kind, lovely man, and he actually wrote on a piece of paper, he wrote the words, I am normal. And he tried to get me to say the words, and I could not say them because it was so far from my experience that, that I'm not normal. Normal people don't behave and act like this. And he was trying to get me to say to say the words but it was impossible for me to see what he was pointing at because he he didn't really believe it was true now when i when i sit with clients when i sat with my teachers and my mentors um when i bumped into this i was sitting in the presence of somebody who fundamentally knew that i was unbroken that i could see the mental health shining out of every pore of my body. And I have the same experience now with my own clients, like, and I'm sure you do as well, like I, someone will sit in front of me and there's nothing that they can say that can, that can convince me that they're broken, no matter how sad their story, no matter how terrifying their story, no matter how um, the, the events that have happened in the past or the situation it looks like they're in right now, there's nothing that they can say that will ever mean that I can't still see their mental health. And something about, for me, something about sitting in the presence of someone who fundamentally knows that you have this innate peace of mind and talks to that, doesn't get engaged in all the story and the 
but I think this is the trigger and this is the cause and this is the tool and what do I need to do about it? And guess what? I had a panic attack last week again. So something's going wrong. Just not that not coldly ignores all of that story, which looks so real and important to us. But just sitting with someone who understands, that's the fundamental misunderstanding. It's like someone who understands that our mental health never goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, I was getting, I, I got goosebumps when you were talking about that because um, someone asked me, you know, what, what made the biggest difference for you? You know, and it was like, and, and, and that, that, was, that was all I could come up with, you know, searching back. And that was the thing that stood out to me was it was like sitting with somebody who saw so powerfully in me, you know, so much so that I could not believe like that it wasn't true. You know, it was like, it was overwhelmingly convincing, you know, the other person's grounding of who I was, even though I couldn't see it myself, you yeah. know, kind of like, even though I kept thinking, you know, like, how can they see, you know, like this, these things in me that I can't see. And, and still to this day, that still happens to me, you know, yeah, me too. still people see things in me that, I, that I'm still thinking, mm, I'm not sure if that's true, you know, but like, yeah. but that was the, the, you know, what I could put everything down to as the, as not the single, because it, hap it keeps happening and it, and it keeps happening over. And, but the thing that really stands out to me as the most powerful experience of change of someone seeing that in me, you know, yeah, and it was huge. What you just reminded me of was one of the hugest things. Again, I love this title of misunderstanding because there's so many things we could talk about here. But um, I thought I knew everything there was to know about anxiety. I thought I knew, I mean, I was an expert on it, right? I've been studying it, reading it, been to every expert on the planet about it for 20 years. Of course, I know how this thing works. Of course, I know about adrenaline and cortisol and um, you know, that's my body thinks it's running away from a tiger, but it's not really like I came to I like I came to this conversation, like this the, the inside out nature of life conversation. With the I had I thought I knew how this stuff worked. Yeah. Like I thought I tried everything and I knew how it worked. And one of the things that I found. And when I. I keep it into because I like it's like a like how did that happen? It's like a miracle on its own, right? But somehow we, you know, in the same way that people have bumped into this podcast today, it's like how did you get here? No idea. <laughs> but with my with my teachers and my mentors, one of the things that I realized quite quickly, one of the things misunderstandings that I had that got corrected quite quickly is that I thought I knew how life worked. I, I just did. I had never questioned that my whole assumptions about how life worked weren't necessarily correct and so when I you reminded me of it because I you're right I would sit with um say Michael Neal and he would to start with he would try and teach and share with me and I and I would just argue with him like no but that's not true that's not how it works I had an email from someone this morning where I was explaining the inside out nature of life and they replied back to me and said Yes, but that's not true because in this circumstance, in this circumstance, in this circumstance, this causes anxiety. That's just true. And to kind of go back to him and say, well, I know. Isn't it amazing to think that everything that we thought we knew about how life works is wrong? And one of the shifts for me was, was Michael taught me about what it meant to be to have humility 
to realize that we don't know how this works. And as soon as that shifted for me and I started to realize, oh, I don't, this guy sees something that I don't and I don't know how life works. I think I do, but I'm now starting to be suspicious of my own convictions. And with that in mind, he sees something I don't see and that I don't understand. But it, he's, he, he's got something here. There was just a feeling to it. It's like there's something here that's true. And I don't understand it, but I trust you and I see it enough in you that I'm prepared to start listening to what you have to say. And that took me a little while because my misunderstanding was at the beginning, no, I know how this thing works. You haven't, you haven't had anxiety for 20 years. How on earth would you know how anxiety works? in the same way you must get with people with addiction, right? It's like, and so I thought I was the expert on it. And then I realized over time, I just, I didn't know. So I would sit with people and think, I don't understand what you're saying to me. I know you see something in me. I don't see myself, but I trust that you see more on this than I do. And I, I feel that whatever it is that you see is really helpful in your life. So it was a huge change for me to stop trying to argue my case and actually listen to what the person was saying because it was so alien to my understanding about how life worked. Yeah. As you were talking, I was, I was thinking about um, my own experience of that. And, and one of the most powerful things that was said to me was that, um, can, you, can you just listen without trying to make sense? Can you just listen without thinking you know how it should go or how it shouldn't go? And can you just listen without deciding what you should get out of it and what you shouldn't? Because like, I was like you, because you know, I had like master's degree in psychotherapy, years of, you know, years of working with people. And it was like, I was always like working out when I was listening to someone, if this made sense in, in my mind, you know, in my own personal mind, you know, like does yeah. this fit with my psychology? Does this, does this make sense to my psychology? Is, is this person talking truth or not truth? Does it fit? You know, and it never occurred to me that there was a different way of listening, you know, to, to, to what somebody was saying, you know, something way beyond that. Yeah. That we, I mean, it's so hard to listen beyond the filter of what we think we already know. Like we don't even realize we're doing that, but like you say, we're listening, we're listening to, yeah. But so how is this like CBT? So how is this like therapy? You know, when we're a client, how is this like, oh, this is just like Eckhart Tolle. This is just like blah, blah, blah. And we try and fit it into what we already know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And it's just, I mean, even that, the understanding about how to listen is so, or how to be impacted by this, how to allow yourself to be impacted, which is really just as we start to see that, you know, as we start to explore things like the nature of thought, then we start to see that nothing we think is true. It all looks real, but none of it's true. And when we start to see that our, our, our thoughts about anxiety, our thoughts about panic attacks, our thoughts about what's causing that situation, our thoughts about our parents, our thoughts about our kids, our relationships. When we start to see the, the, the temporary transient nature that it can tell you that, 
um, your boss is a wonderful person one day and a terrible person the next. And we start to see the fickle nature of thought and we start to see how transient and temporary it is. And we start to see that we can't hang our hat on any thought as solid, real and true. That's when we start to open up to the fact that I think I know how this stuff works. I think I know what causes my anxiety, just that one thought. What if that isn't true? What if you have no idea what causes your anxiety? I know you think it comes from your boss and your diary and your kids and your relationship. But what if that thought wasn't true either? Would you be open to considering that? And it's, it's a huge ask because we think we know how it works. Of course, it's coming from my boss. Of course, have you seen my diary? Right? Do you know what job I do? And, but we believe that thought. No, it gets created from something that's going on outside of me. But as we start to get suspicious about all of thought, as we learn about how thought works at a, at a principal level, we start to realize that we don't have to believe everything we think. And with that comes huge freedom because then we fall open and are able to listen beyond the limitations of our own thinking. I was wondering, like, I, you know, you talked, you mentioned the word imaginary before, and that kind of ties into what you was just explaining, you know, and, and how thought creates reality. But I, as a listener, you know, like if I was listening to this and yeah. I was, it, it, it looks really real to me, you know, that like those things are creating my anxiety and that, if only you took away, if you got me a better job, if you like lessened my diary, if you, if you did all those things, then I wouldn't feel anxious, right? I mean, that is really yeah. how it looks to me. And, and you talked about, I don't know whether you said this, but it's almost like, you know, when you start to see the, you know, the illusionary nature of thought, the, the dominoes kind of start falling. So if I was listening to this, like, what, you know, mm -hmm. where would I look to? What would I, what would I hope to see? Or what would I, you know, you know, yeah. the stickiness of thought that, that would point me in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the, one of the things to, to take a look at is that, so if we take the example of the busy diary, right, because most people can recognize that. And so what we think is when we're in a quiet space in our minds, then there are appointments in our diary. They're just, there's some on Thursday and there's some on Tuesday. That's it. Then what happens is that as our minds get busier, as our thinking starts to speed up, as, our, as the volume, the quantity, as noise in our head increases, all day long the noise in our head falls away, gets really loud and busy, falls away, gets really loud and busy. Any of us can see that if we take a moment to observe what's going on in our heads, right? Sometimes it's busier than others. Now, when our mind's really quiet, there's like no thought of the diary or the appointments are just there. Then our mind starts to busy up. Now we look at our diary and we start going, whoa, there's too much in there. There's a little bit too much in there. I need to cut down at some point in the future in what I'm doing. And then if our mind's busy up a little bit more, we'll look at the same diary and we'll say, we'll go to our friends and go, oh my goodness, have you seen what's in my diary? This is like, I've got the diary of a crazy person. Like I need to do something about this. I'm going to have to cut out 
all of these activities and all of those activities. I, I might even have to change my job. This is, this is crazy. And then as our mind gets even busier and it's really frantic and whirring, we can open up our diaries and just go, oh my God, look what's going on in this diary. I have got to quit everything. In fact, I can't cope with my life. I'm curled up in the corner in tears. The appointments in my diary are making me I'm going to have to go and admit myself into the hospital because I really, really cannot cope with all this stuff in my diary and the way that it's making me feel. I can't cope with what's expected of me in life. Look at all these obligations. And leave the house. I can't go. I'm going to have to quit my job. Like, that's it. Panic attack in the corner of the room. Same diary, same appointments on Tuesday and Thursday completely different experience of it depending on where we're at inside of our heads depending on our state of mind depending on how busy our mind is worrying and our misunderstanding is we think that when we look at the diary in a heightened sense like in a heightened state of mind in a heightened anxious state we think we look at the we feel terrible because anxious thinking fast worrying busy thinking feels terrible and as human beings we're conditioned to look outside of ourselves for a cause for that feeling. So if I'm, if I'm feeling really panicky and stressed, I'm gonna, and you say, what's, what's causing that? I'm gonna look around and I'm gonna latch onto my diary and I'm gonna go, look at my diary. And I'm gonna look at my diary and I'm gonna have an experience of overwhelm and too much in my diary. And I'm gonna tell you the diary is causing me to feel anxious. And the misunderstanding is that the anxious word up thinking actually in actuality, the busy, anxious, scared thinking creates a diary that looks overwhelming and scary. It works inside out. Now, we know this is true because later that day, later that week, a month later, we can look at the same diary with the same appointments in it. And we're just showing up to the appointments, not showing up to the appointments. We don't know what we were ever worried about. I mean, the best time we ever see this, right? This is the quickest way we ever see this. When we're awake at 3 a.m. worrying about our diary, right? So we're worrying about the diary. Oh my God, I've got 15 appointments and now I'm not sleeping. So now I need to sleep because if I don't, I'll get it wrong. Perhaps I'll cancel this one. What am I going to say in that meeting? It's really important that I do it this way. These are the 15 things I need to remember when I'm in the appointment tomorrow. And then we wake up and it's nine o'clock in the morning and we were like, what were all those questions that look so important to me? Same meetings in our diary that day, completely different experience. Our experience is created through thought, not through our diaries or anything else we think is responsible. And when we see that, when we start to understand that, that the our experience of the world outside of us is, is wholly dependent on the state of mind we're in in any moment, then we start to realize that when, we, when, our bus- when our mind starts to get really busy and frantic and uncomfortable and we feel like we're struggling and we're anxious, that we ju- we're really not seeing clearly in that moment. And then when we, when we fall back into a quieter mind, the things that look impossible for us to do, the things that we look like we can't handle, all that thought that was believed in that heightened state of mind falls away, it dissolves. 
and we're left with a quieter, more simple experience. So we start being able to ignore ourselves when we start getting really het up and wound up. And we start to see that anxiety, this thing that we've called anxiety, all that is, is that what's happened for some of us, and everybody's minds speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down all day long. What happens for people with anxiety is their minds start to speed up and they have one thought, which is, I don't like this feeling. I want this feeling gone. Now that thought, that resistance, that clench up resistance to the experience of thought just piles on more and more and more thoughts so we get more and more anxious. And so now we're on the lookout for that feeling because that is the feeling we want to avoid. And the more we're scanning for it, how am I doing, is it there? 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 is we, we find it and we become so heightened to the, to the feeling of our thoughts starting to speed up that it's like, it, we, it's like we flip into it and then we have the resistance to it and we flip into it and we have the resistance to it. And the experience of that is what people will call anxiety. And it's... So when I say it's, it's imaginary... What, I, what I'm saying, I guess, is that I'm not denying the experience of the panic attacks and the sweaty palms. Like, and in no way am I, like, I know how hideous those can feel. Like, I really do. But it's that all that's happened is our thoughts have really speeded up and we have had a thought and believed the thought, I don't like this, I need it to be gone for me to be okay. But for that thought... There's just getting worried and then not, getting worried and then not, like every other human being. And so it's a, anxiety is an experience created by that one thought, I don't like this, I want it gone. We believed that thought. Yeah. And so like the major misunderstanding that, that I see is that like people think anxiety comes from circumstances, you know, it's kind of like, and, and by changing their circumstances and, and, and to be clear, I think like at times, yeah, changing your circumstances can, you know, like offset anxiety for sure, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't change your response to situations in the future or how you deal with or cope with or have a better experience of life. Right. I mean, like, yeah, getting less appointments in your diary may well temporarily relieve you of anxiety right well what happens i think in those circumstances is that we 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 make a change in our it looks like it's coming from our circumstances so we make a change so say we take some appointments out of our diary or we say no to an event that we're scared of and what happens is that the the resistance to the feeling temporarily falls away mm. and then it comes back because we didn't see anything about the true nature of anxiety. So yes, you can get temporary relief from your symptoms, but you take appointments out of your diary, there is nothing that can make you immune to an insecure thought arising in the next moment that says, you shouldn't have done that. You're a loser. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. So you can go, right, I've got too much in my diary. I'm going to say no to three appointments. You say no to the three appointments. You go, oh, I feel so much better which by the way, just reinforces the idea that it was something to do with your diary. Yeah. And then you feel better for a little while because 
the resistance goes, the seeking of peace goes, like we fall back into our true nature. But because we haven't really seen anything about what causes anxiety, the next thought comes in, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Now, now you're never going to get a promotion. That other guy's going to do better than you. And, and there it goes. The cycle just starts right back up again because we haven't seen anything about the fundamental nature of thought. And so while we don't understand, we're trapped in a forever loop, 20-year loop in my case, of trying to move countries, move jobs, have more children, get childcare, um, have more clients, have less clients, make more money, make less money, uh, buy a different house, buy a different car, try and change our husbands, try and lose some weight, try and get new clothes, um, try and give up smoking, try and give up drinking, try and drink more, go out more, go out less, read this book, do this technique, go to this workshop. Jeez, 20 years. All in search of peace of mind. That, but, for the, but for the thought, I don't like this, there was never anything we needed to do. Like the, the, the peace of mind that all us seeking outside of ourselves for that peace of mind is the only thing taking us away from it. It's such a powerful um, perspective on the difference between getting some temporary relief by changing something circumstantial versus seeing the true nature of how the mind works and creates our reality. And I, w I, was I wanted to ask you about that. Like, there seems to be different levels of understanding for people. Like, people can, can see this and go, yeah, yeah, I get this, but I'm still anxious. You know, yeah. I, I get it. It makes sense to me. And they believe, and it's almost like they have an intellectual understanding. But to me, that's a different level of understanding of really seeing it to the point where it falls away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it really changes for different people. So some people will hear one thing. Like they'll hear something like what I just explained about the diary and they'll see, oh my goodness, I've been operating in my life as if my diary has something to do with my well-being. And I, and I never, oh my goodness. And they see something about that and it changes everything. But for most of us, I think it's a, we, we, we hear something, we just get the feeling like, what? Like, do you know what I mean? That can be the first part of the wait of, of waking up to what's really going on. Like, what did she just say? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Rewind. What did she just say? And that's the, that's the sound of the door opening, right? Into this whole amazing conversation. And then we listen. And if we listen through the filter of our own thinking, we're so used to trying to find the fix for the thing that's broken. We're, so, we're listening behaviorally. We're listening for the prescription. We're listening for the, so what do I do about it next time I have a thought storm? Or what do I do, so what do, I do next time I have a panic attack? We're listening, we're listening in that way. And as long as we're listening in that way, there's nothing like we can still be touched and impacted by this conversation. But actually how we know we're starting to hear and be impacted by what we're hearing is that behavior starts to change. So when I saw that, for example, I had a really simple insight that changed everything for me really early on. I saw that I used to be really frightened about having migraines. And I would think about 
what, what, what will I do if I get one now? What will I do if I get one then? What happens if I get one when I go to that meeting? What happens if I get one when I get on that train? My whole day, 24-7, would be spent thinking about how I was going to manage a migraine were one to occur. For some people, it'll be how do I manage? How do I manage it if I have a panic attack there? How do I manage if I'm going to have a, if I have a panic attack on that train at that event? I mean, I had a whole period of doing that as well. But what I saw one day was really simple. I saw that when it happens, I could take care of it then. I, it probably doesn't sound that much to people who are listening. But I never knew that before. And when I heard it, it touched me at such a deep level. I, I saw the truth in it. I saw that I have one migraine every six months. And every time I've had one, I've always known what to do in the moment. There's something that happens for us in the moment. Not before the thing I'm dread happens, but when it happens, that means I can take care of it then. I can worry about it then. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it now. And all the thinking that I'd had about what if this, what if that, what if that, which is so common in anxiety, but what if it happens there? What if it happens then? Just fell away. And that big chunk of thinking falling away just opened up more space for me to be able to hear what my teacher said next and what my teacher said next and what my teacher said next. Now, are there still areas of my life where it looks like things outside of me make me anxious? Yes. But I know that I'm wrong. <laughs> That's the difference, right? So if I think about going in a cable car, I think going up high in a cable car is terrifying. I think going on a roller coaster is terrifying. I think going to a horror movie on my own and sitting in the middle of a dark cinema is terrifying. But I know I'm wrong. I just haven't seen anything on that yet. So we see what we see. We don't see what we don't see. But if we get really real... We know where our, our understanding has impacted us because our behaviors change. So, so I could see that some wisdom, common sense, whatever, some knowing of what to do will step in in the moment when I have a migraine. And I know that I saw something profound because I stopped thinking about migraines 24-7. That's how I knew I'd seen something. I couldn't go more than 26 minutes from my house and then through whatever it was I saw in this conversation I noticed I was booking tickets to Disneyland and taking my daughter to Disneyland Paris on our own that's how I knew I'd seen something because my behavior started to change and not necessarily all in big ways like that but even little things like forgetting to take my migraine tablets with me when I went out right? that doesn't happen to me I don't forget to take my migraine tablets or forgetting to take my phone with me when I went out. And my phone's like my lifeline. It's like, I've got to have my, these three things with me every time I leave the house. And that's how I knew something had changed because little things like I forgot to take my phone would start happening. Like I'd notice myself shouting at my kids less. I'd notice myself um, like watching TV in the evening without doing 15 other things at the same time. I'd notice myself 
sitting down for breakfast instead of pacing the kitchen floor. That's how I knew that I'd seen something about the nature of thought, about the nature of mind, about the nature of consciousness, because my behaviors started changing. Does that make sense? Yeah. It made me think about, you know, at the start of the conversation where you was talking about when you sit with clients, you just know, and there's nothing that can, there's nothing that can convince you otherwise that they're, that they're completely healthy and fine. And, and like, I was thinking that, you know, what you just talked about, you know, insight, you know, and, and like what you're seeing is something that's already inside of us, inside of all of us, you know, and it's just kind of like a great, um, explanation of like how we how we have insight you know like sometimes for me it's been like you said where I had to go well rewind you know it's kind of like and and I notice myself that that my words don't come out properly when I've had an insight I go I I, I try to respond to something but it just doesn't make sense to me for a minute so I have to process it but there's also times where uh, like you said the behavior like like my first big experience was that like, I noticed that everything around me all of a sudden looked different, but I also knew that the circumstances hadn't changed. Yes. Like, so I was like questioning, well, how come I feel different about the same circumstances? You know, like, even though I didn't have any big, like lightning bolt moment of insight or real or, or nothing made me stutter or rewind on the tape. It was just like, all of a sudden just stuff in my life just started looking different, you know? Yeah. Well, we start to know what we, I think what happens is that we hear something and we kind of like, what? That doesn't make sense. Like, how, I don't, I don't believe that my diary can't make me stressed because I know that the times when I've had lots of appointments in and I've been really stressed and I know when I go on holiday, I'm not because I've got nothing in my diary. So it doesn't look that way to me. But then you hear someone and you get a sense that they know something you don't, or they've seen something that you've kind of you, you you feel like you've forgotten or there's something that rings of truth stops you in your tracks and you go hmm I wonder I wonder if and then I think what happens is we start we take a look in our own lives and we start to see times where we had nothing in our diary and we were stressed through the roof and times where we had loads in our diary and we were just doing what there was to be done in the diary really calmly and peacefully and if we look we'll see that that's true and as we start to see that's true, we, we, it's so funny because we realize, well, that's always been true. So I have always known that. I have always known that my, what's in my diary has nothing to do with my well-being because I can see that I've always lived that that is true. I've always lived in that way. I've always lived with that knowing. I've always lived with that, not that conscious knowing, but I have always lived in a world with my, where my diary has nothing to do with my well-being. I just thought it didn't, I just didn't know it worked that way. And so it's the same, the same with our diary, it's the same with our anxiety. It's like, I've been living in a world as if I'm broken and it's as if there's something wrong with me and if there's something I need to do to refind my mental health. None of that has ever been true. It's just really, really looks that way. I don't know, this whole, this whole conversation just challenges everything that we think we know about how life works. And if we're willing to be thrown into confusion, which is not a pleasant feeling for people with anxiety who like to control and get clear and be decisive and know exactly where they stand on everything. But if you're happy to 
dive into the confusion that might arise when you listen to us speaking. There's, there's, there's a truth that will emerge from that when you start realizing you don't know everything you think you know. Like when, when you're happy to sit in the confusion for a bit and see what else comes out of that for you that might be more helpful than everything you've currently already believed. Like if you're hearing, what do you mean I don't have anxiety? I have innate mental health, but I didn't know that. And I've always lived as if that's true. Like what? <laughs> then that's okay. Like that's, that's fine. That's a re- actually a really good place to sit in the kind of confusion, in, in the shaking up of what you think you already know, to see what, what, like what comes new out of the, the chaos of the jumbling everything up. It's like we're, it's like we're shaking, the, shaking the foundations and then we see what new comes out of that. Yeah, and, and, and we're near the end. And you know, like I was thinking like, not not only the freedom from anxiety when you when you see this you know but like what else is on offer for people you know like when like mm. because like we started the conversation and it's been around anxiety and the misunderstanding of anxiety but you know when when the dominoes do start to fall and people see like the illusionary nature of what we're talking about and and how that's created and they experience that oh you know it's not it's not really that thing you know what else is on offer for people from that from that insight you know well it's the, i don't know the best way i guess i have of describing it is we have a world that looks we look out through our eyes and we have a world that appears in front of us that looks real that we then get to navigate and play in and experiment in and live in and do whatever we do in that world and as we understand more it's like we sink a little more deeply into our innate mental health and then we look out through our eyes and our husbands look more handsome and our children look prettier and our work looks more appealing and the clients that show up in front of us are just nicer. Mm. And so now we're navigating that world. And then, and then we understand that we hear something more and we, we, we go a little deeper into our peace of mind. And we look out through our eyes and there are opportunities that just didn't exist before for us, for our work. There are, there are places we can go and people we can connect with that were never there before. There's a richer experience of life and relationships and connection that just didn't exist in our reality previously. Because our, what we see in front of our eyes is always and only ever a reflection of our understanding a knowing of our peace of mind and us dropping into deeper and deeper understanding and deeper and deeper peace of mind and knowing of our own peace of mind. That's endless. There's always further for us to drop. There's always more for us to see. There's always a deeper knowing of who we really are. And so all I know that as my experience of being in this journey over the last five years, like as I, see more and more about our true nature, who we really are, the illusory nature of thought. As I see that more and more deeply, I just get a richer and richer, more wonderful experience of life in all areas. And 
that just carries on for infinity, <laughs> as far as I can see. And so only everything is on offer. <laughs> but it's, to... I tell you, yeah, it's like, a, it's a, there's, there's more simplicity. There's less noise. God, it's so much quieter in my head these days. There's more connection, more love, more opportunity. Everything that, we, that we're looking for is on offer. Just there for the taking, just shows up in front of our eyes as our understanding changes. And that's the only thing that's required. Yeah, you put that so beautifully and so profoundly, you know, it's kind of like, like even I was just like, wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> well, it's true. You, you've seen that in your yeah. experience, right? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's true, but I'm, you just, you just um, articulated it so much better than I could, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's so true and it sounds so appealing and, and to anyone that's listening, you know, it's kind of, it, it may start off as just a misunderstanding of anxiety, but like when, when, when it starts to fall away, there's so, like Nick just said, you know, there's so much more enough for, right, for life. Yeah. When I, when I started to explore this, my coach said to me, Nick, I wrote about this in my book actually, but, but Michael Neal said to me, Nick, um, you're going to find this total change in relationship with your anxiety is the booby prize. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, that's all I care about. Yeah. Like that's never going to be a booby prize. That's my main thing that I need to see more about. And it took me about a year of exploring to see how, how right he was. It's like, that's like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So, we're near the end. Tell us, you've just launched your book. You just had your book launch and what you're doing. Yeah. Tell us about what you're doing. Yeah, so I've been, I've been sharing what I, what I see over at A Little Peace of Mind, uh, the website. So littlepeaceofmind.co.uk. And so that's where I have all my online programs and podcasts and videos and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I just launched the book last week called Imaginatively, A Little Peace of Mind. <laughs> 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 and uh, that's what it's all about for me. Like, like and so, yeah, that's out on Amazon and on the website and everything. So, and it's getting a lovely response from people. So um, I'm really pleased I'm able to share what's made a difference for me and, and, and thousands now of my clients, just in terms of them seeing this and how it changes lives for people just blows my mind. I get emails from people, as I'm sure you do as well, just saying, oh, I, I suddenly understand something different and now I'm back at work or now I'm playing with my grandchildren or now I'm on a holiday or now I'm on a plane and I couldn't ever do that. Or now I'm on a train or now I get to sleep at night or now I get to play with my children or whatever it is. And I'm just, they still shock and surprise me the power of this conversation. I'm just in awe of it, of how it changes people's lives. And you know, that's why things like this podcast are so important to to show people what's possible, to share these amazing stories with people, right? It would be such a, it's so amazing to hear and to see the power of this conversation because I think it brings hope to so many people. But that we get to play in this arena and share this with people is just like so awesome. Yeah, magical, you know. Yeah. So we come to the end. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was really, you know, I, I, I'm so excited to release it. I can't wait for people to listen and see what they hear. And, and uh, you know, thank you again. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it.